Good afternoon and welcome back. Uh, sorry, I've been away. I've been uh, busy with work and other rando stuff that's been going on. Um, but I've done my research and I wanted to get this out there. Um, so this podcast is going to be about the story of a girl named Christina Whitaker. Um, there was a documentary that just came out about a month ago, a uh, month and a half ago on Discovery Plus. Um, it's called Relentless. Um, it's very, very interesting. I mean, I never knew anything about this case until I watched this documentary. And watching this documentary got me <clears throat> super intrigued and not only because there was just so much confusion, but you never heard about it. And then, then there's so much... So many twists and turns and allegations, and you you honestly, at the end, even after doing my research and watching you know the documentary, you still honestly don't know who to trust and who to believe. Um, so uh, we'll just go ahead and dive in. So actually, uh, on November 13th, 2009, uh, Christina Whitaker was actually last seen outside of a couple sports bars in Hannibal, Missouri. Um, so her night actually began at a bar called Rookies, um, located uh, at 611 Broadway on the east side of town. Now, some accounts say that she had met friends at the bar. Um, it also marked her first sighting out, or marked her, her first sighting out um, after having her baby. Um, her baby, when she had disappeared, uh, was a couple months old maybe or actually a little over a year and a half I think um but it marked her first you know night out without the baby um but turns out you know things are going to take a very dramatic turn um at around eleven forty-five, by uh some accounts Christina had gotten rowdy and the bartenders had actually kicked her out and inexplicably the friends that she had gone there to meet refused to leave with her um so christina had found herself alone very intoxicated on a very cold night um christina's mother cindy young claims her daughter begged the bartender to let her speak to her friends after being kicked out of the bar um to let them know that she needed a ride um you know because her mom cindy she was out of town um, and her, the baby's dad was actually watching the baby. So the accounts go. Now, despite, uh, despite Christina's pleas, um, her friends actually refused to leave the bar. Now, how, I mean, I've been at bars before and I mean, I've been kicked out maybe once or twice. Um, but from all accounts, it wasn't because Christina was getting in a fight, um, it was because Christina was actually on the phone with her baby's dad and they were on a phone call, which was getting very heated, very loud. And that's why the bartenders had kicked her out. It wasn't because she was causing problems for anybody else in the bar. It wasn't like she was trying to cause fights. It was just for the pure fact that she was getting, which I mean, I guess I get, but I kind of don't. I'm like, you're in a bar. You, you expect people to be loud. You expect people to get you know, a little crazy, a little ratty. So that always confused me is if she was just on the phone, you know, arguing with her boyfriend, 
Why was that necessary for the bartenders to kick her out? Was there something else going on? Was this a setup? That has always really, really stuck with me because, like I said, I've been to many bars before, and just because I'm arguing with someone on my phone, I've never been kicked out of a bar. It's when I've actually either physically tried to do something or I'm just so drunk and just being stupid and obnoxious. Um, but that always kind of stuck out with me. Um, but her friends had refused to leave the bar. Um, so her friend, Brian, uh claimed that she didn't go outside to offer Christina, which is her friend, a ride because she didn't, didn't need to go to jail. What does that mean? That was also... You'll find very odd answers to very simple questions in this story. It's like, really, because you go out to offer your friend a ride, you're going to go back to jail? I get, you know, this, this her friend had been in trouble before, but that doesn't mean that because you offer her a ride, unless there's something else going on. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. After exiting the bar rookies, Christina had actually headed next door to the sportsman's bar and then River City Billiards. She begged people for a ride along the way. That shows you how desperate she was to get home. That tells you something. Um, Both apparently from strangers, acquaintances, everybody had refused to give her a ride home. Now, this is a small town where apparently everybody knows everybody and... When I heard that, that nobody wanted to give her a ride home, but everybody had said, you know, previously that this was a town where you saw somebody, you knew somebody, everybody was related or by blood, you know, or marriage, you help somebody out. So why on this particular night, everybody had refused to give Christina a ride home? What was going on? Um, what happened next, uh, you know, she was unable to get home. Um, and according to an eyewitness that had lost Sal Christina, she was sobbing and running out the entrance, the back entrance of the sportsman's bar. So you have to go back. What happened at that bar to make her, you know, I mean, if she's drunk, you, you know, obviously, you know, girls can get very crazy and emotional when they're drunk but it also makes you think what had happened if she's running out by herself there's there's too many just odd things so far leading up to her going missing that you have to wonder was this a conspiracy were people told you know you know was this a setup like type of thing like hey if when you see her do not give her a ride home we're gonna kick her out like it, it made me maybe that's just the paranoia in me I don't know but that always made me just a little uneasy. Um, so later on, uh, Christina's phone was actually recovered a few yards from the back entrance of the sportsman's bar, which she was last seen running out of. Now, more pieces to this already complicated puzzle. Um, reports that Christina's then-boyfriend, Travis Blackrell, received a call from her. So this is what goes back to that phone call where apparently she had gotten kicked out of the bar because she had gotten loud. She had received a phone call about 1030, um, or actually she had called Travis to check in with him, I'm sorry, um, at about 1030 to check in with him and told Travis that she had a ride home and return home at midnight. Obviously, that never happened. Um, Cindy Young, which is Christina's mother, described her daughter, um, which I found, I mean, I guess 
when you're trying to find your missing daughter, you want every piece of the puzzle. But I wouldn't go on national TV and describe my daughter, daughter as mentally fragile and unstable. And she had suffered from depression. And But nobody, after she did not show up from picking up her daughter the next morning, there was no alarm set off by anyone that said, why hadn't she shown up? What was going on? She had never done anything like this before. If she had gone to a friend's house and her mom had watched the baby, um, you know, would she check in and be like, hey, I'm going to be, you know, another half an hour or whatever. So why did it take so long for people to report her missing? That has always really bugged me. I mean, one of my biggest fears is is disappearing and nobody knows. Or one of my family members goes missing or someone I deeply care about, and, you know, you just don't know. Once you know, if you know somebody that well, you know something is wrong. And that should have been the first click, especially to her mom, who claims in this whole documentary that her and her daughter were very close, that she didn't even report her missing for about a day and a half. Nobody did. Not even the boyfriend, who, you know, was at the house at Christina's mom's house because the her parents were away, but he was at the mom's house watching the baby. Why didn't this not set off any alarms? Um, so eight days after her disappearance, uh, the family was actually invited to go on the Steve Wilco show, which also raised very questionable questions for me. If your daughter is missing, you're, I mean, I guess you want to get your, your story out there and, and get it to as many... Um, you know, media outlets as you can. But Steve Wilkos, I mean, let's get real. That's not really, it's not like a national, people don't watch that continuously. Um, Cindy actually had Q's, uh, which is her mom. She accused Travis, uh, Christina's boyfriend at the time, of showing no concern or emotional, you know, uh, expressions or anything after Whitaker had disappeared. She had also stated the call that he'd received involved an argument. But from all accounts, there was an argument. And from all accounts, there were domestic violence between Christina and Travis. Um, but if Travis wasn't involved in Christina's appearance, then what happened? Um, there's just so many questions. I mean, there was, according to not only her friend Brianna, um, but her mom her stepdad, there was a history of extreme, you know, domestic violence. And to me, you know, as a person that has survived domestic violence, that is a very concerning sign. And the fact that he had no concern about reporting her missing when he didn't pick up their daughter, did he know something or was he just so just non-concerned about her, her not showing up that he was just like, whatever. Um, Sorry, my cats are being weird. Stop hissing at each other. <laughs> um, so within two weeks of Christina's disappointments, an informant of Hannibal Police um, provided its first leak, and the informant claimed a group of men dealing in the sex and drugs trafficking um, had taken Whitaker to uh, Perora or Peora, I don't know how to really pronounce it, Illinois, where she was actually working in the sex trade. So her mother, Sydney, had actually started spending time in Illinois questioning locals, questioning everybody she could about possibly where her daughter's whereabouts were. Um, there had been repeated sightings of Christina in Peor Por 
Peora, Illinois, adding fuel to that speculation that she really just, her disappearance was a part of a, a conspiracy of her getting her into the sex trafficking and drug trafficking. Um, at one point, a waitress, uh, Beth Taylor, who had worked at a local cafe, swore that she had saw Christina just days after her dis- disappearance. Uh, there were also uh, local women who swore she had spent time in a mental hospital. Um, and this woman had claimed that Christina was so traumatized and related details about being forced into the sex uh, trafficking industry. Um, but still, there's no concrete proof. All these people are very unreliable witnesses. Um, on no- uh, sorry, on November 21st, the PPD posted a Crime Stoppers video about Christina's disappearance. Um, in the video, Detective uh, Cheryl uh, Stinson spoke briefly about the con- uh, about the sightings over the years in uh, Peora, offering a thousand dollar reward and with anyone leading to the location of her. Um, after vanishing, Christina had left behind her daughter and her mother, and there's just so many answered questions. So on the 10th anniversary of her disappearance, the local TV station had run a story revisiting the case, and uh, reporter uh, Raja Maples interviewed Christina's mother and two officers from Hannibal PD, uh, Lieutenant Jen Grote and Lieutenant uh, Jacob Knack. Now, Jennifer has handled the case from day one and says that HPD um, has interviewed multiple, more than at least 200 people in connection with the case. And she had notes that the family has had their DNA registered through the National Missing and Unadvised Person System. Two months into the initial investigation, though, the FBI had stepped in. What does that tell you? Why did this... I mean, is this is this case just so dire that they, you know, they have to have the FBI set him? Or is there something that the Hannibal police are not sharing with the family or with anybody else? Um, that had always, um, watching this documentary had always just kind of messed with me because as you delve in further, you get into basically there is... This whole family, after their daughter goes missing, uh, multiple family members are arrested in connection with a, basically, it's a child sex ring, which involved incest within their family. And this had gone on for years. So that makes you question, because once you see multiple interviews, Christina may have known something. And Christina, possibly, from what family members and her friend had told, she was a victim of her own family members, you know, sexual crimes or whatever. Was it possible that maybe Christina was going to blow, you know, blow the lid on her family secrets, and that's what got her, you know, either killed or traded or whatever? Or the family, there was certain family members that were involved in the drug trafficking industry. Did she know something or see something and possibly, uh, you know, was going to say something. Because according to multiple people, uh, Christina was arrested uh, a few times. I mean, for for little things, you know, drunk in public. Um, but according not only to her best friend, but other 
people, the Hannibal police had used these girls as informants in order for their their sentence to be reduced. So was it possible that Christina, being an, infor- an informant, you know, this is not confirmed, but it's also not denied, that possibly she knew something and that's what got her in, you know, in this predicament? Or was it possible it was because of her family, the family situation? Because years later, you can look it up, four or five of her family members were arrested and convicted and charged with a child sex ring. That, Yeah. This whole family, like, is screwed up. I'm sorry to say, like, I feel that, you know, the mom has lost the daughter. But according to, um, yeah, um, all I could say is, like, it, this this story takes so many twists and turns. And doing my research, I still don't know exactly who to believe. You don't know if you can believe the mother. You don't know if you could believe the, the people that she had called friends. You don't even know if you could believe the Hannibal Police Department. Because there have been so many just inconsequent, I can't say the word, but y'all know what I'm saying. Just so many holes in their stories. And watching this documentary, I I guarantee you, you will like it. Um, So if you get a chance, it's on Discovery Plus. It's called Relentless. It's a four-part series, I believe. Um, the woman that that has been involved in this case, she had did an amazing job. Um, that's what wanted me to start looking into this case because it's there's just so many just twists and turns and just you, you honestly, I mean, I left it and I was I'm still I'm still researching it and I'm still it's like going down the rabbit hole. I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to find. And at the same time, I'm kind of scared what I might find going down this rabbit hole because there's just so many evil people and corrupt people involved in this case that it just makes you question who can you really believe. So until next time, hope you guys have a good Halloween. And uh, all right, hope you guys enjoyed.